0: welcome to This Property Life podcast. I'm Caroline Claydon. I'm a property investor and trainer and each week my friends and I will be speaking to a very special guest about their adventures in property. This week I'm talking to Dr. Jazz Mavi who balances financial, professional and business achievement with mindfulness. Dr. Jazz discusses the importance of keeping yourself not just physically healthy but mentally agile to help you overcome challenges you will face in life and property investing. He is passionate about helping people understanding their vision, mission, and purpose in life, and how you can use property as the vehicle to facilitate these. I know you're gonna love this episode. Let's now hear from Dr. Jazz. Okay, so we are joined by uh, Dr. Jazz. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, I'd like to start off by going down the route that most people mm. don't appreciate, and that is that they get into property to leave their mm. job. Mm. And you are a doctor, which obviously takes years to train to become. Um, <laughs> and it's a vocation, right? You're, you're passionate about saving people's lives. So mm. what your motivation to getting into property. It's not necessarily about leaving your job, is it?
1: Absolutely. And the short answer of everybody listening is my wife. That's where we'll start. I had no aspirations, no motivations for property. And if I'm honest, this is the past, guys. Obviously, now I love it. But in the past, I, you know, she'd say things to me like, oh, you know, we need—we should own a hotel. We should do this, this, and this. And I used to be like, look, I'm a doctor. I'm the king. I don't need property, Right. And then we got married. I mean, obviously, so if you're an Asian couple, once you get married, you actually live together. So we started living together. And she started telling me more about, some, about this kind of stuff. And she said, look, there's this um, free property seminar. Why don't you go and check it out? And when I went there, and that's why I met Caroline, by the way, guys, I realized that, oh, this is pretty interesting. And, you know, at the same time, I just read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, kind of, you know, the book for people who get to property. And that famous bit where he says, you know, the job is the exchange of time for money. And you never think especially as a doctor you know, our, our education is so geared from when we're doing eleven plus all the way to graduating as a doctor is all singular focus we don't think about anything else like how to create wealth you know without exchanging your time and so when I looked at it it was for me personally it was never I want to replace my income by completely leaving medicine it was like wow this could just be another bow to my arrow and it's about adding this kind of residual income where I know at some point I always say to you know the clients that I coach from a coaching point of view that when you get to that time and you want to retire, whatever that is for you, and you want to live the life that you want, you need to have the income to support that, to pay the bills and to facilitate the lifestyle you want. So that initially was the kind of driver for me that if I could learn another skill set, I've learned medicine, but can I learn how to be a property investor? Because everyone says they kind of do it. But what I realized is kind of been around this game is there are some people who really do it and there's some people who just talk about doing it. And I kind of really wanted to, you know, my background is academics, so I really want to learn the game. And be around the right people. Uh, and um, luckily I have. So, yeah, that was my motivation, the wife really. So, uh, oh. thanks to her.
0: <laughs> yes, behind every great man, there is an even greater woman, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, the strategy then, because, mm. you know, if you were to look to replace your expenses, you'd be looking at quite a high number. Um, mm. But what, what strategies did you start with? Because you're not looking to leave your job, what strategies uh, mm. did you? you get kicked off with
1: so as we're taught sort of in you know the property investing game start with the simple stuff the buy to let and that was kind of my bread and butter and when i started the training it was quite frustrating because you have all this knowledge and then you just want to get your first deal and i was going to sort of you know the pin meetings and you go there and you see other people having properties. you're like i just want one let me have one property and then Three came, three came all in one go. I remember it was in August, like a number of years ago now. Uh, and three just came at the same time and we kind of pulled the trigger and uh, that's kind of where we started. Just simple buy-to-lets, um, you know, single-let families going in there. But it helped us learn the system. You know, I, I live with my parents, so I hadn't bought property before this. So exchange of contracts, completion, all these things, conveyancing, you know, searches, all new to me. right? Uh, and so for me, it was really just learning every step of the process getting really good like you know we've had some dodgy builders and now we now how to vet builders now we got contracts like all this stuff you just learned but you really have to go in like you always say take massive action reflect on it and then just go harder the next time or go more wiser the next time so that's where we started vital it's
0: right so it's always very frustrating at that beginning part because you mm. feel like you are gearing up and all this momentum is building 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 yeah. building and there you are three on the first hit nice mm. okay <laughs> Oh, so you can talk the word about a uh, system, and it, it is a system. Hmm. How Absolutely. has that helped you free up your time? Because your job is very time intensive. So what mm-hmm. elements have you taken within the system that you felt have really helped you?
1: So within property investing, and I, I didn't really appreciate this until I had those three properties to manage. Because when you have the knowledge you haven't got anything, it doesn't really take much of your time. But uh, all my property coaching, including yourself, always said to me, look, you don't want a second job. And although, you know, I understood it, I didn't really understand it until I had to start you know, talking to lots of people. So to build your estate agent, your letting agent. I said, you know, there has to be a way where, yes, I'll need to give some, some of my time to this. And I started thinking about how do I batch it? How can I do it every so often rather than every single day? And. Um, And then it became, well, you know, the things I invest in, they're not close to me. So that's probably a good thing as well, to be honest, because if they were close, there would be a sense of, well, I can go and check in. And then again, it's just using my time, my energy. And so again, as you mentioned, being a doctor, initially what I found is, you know, I'd be having to do my medical work and then my phone would be busy and I'm checking WhatsApp messages and then trying to speak to builders and brokers. And it just became, I said, this doesn't really work. I'm not going to be able to scale with this and have, you know this is three properties, when I have 50 properties, how am I going to be able to do this? And so then I really sat down and thought, okay, I need to plan with the end in mind. So what does that look like? So it's systems, systems and processes. So I looked at who is it that I need in my team? So my broker, my letting agents, those are probably the most important people to me, long term, in the initial stages, obviously having a good builder as well, uh, and sourcing agents. And I looked at all these people, I started to systemize using Google Drive, using shared Google calendars, using WhatsApp groups. And really, I just like batching my time. So at the moment, um, you know, I have quarterly meetings with my letting agents. All my properties are with one agent. And I have a really good relationship uh, with the owner of the letting agents. And that comes from shared value. You know, So as a doctor, I offer him free medical advice. That benefits him. In return, he will then... You know, he'll pick up my phone he'll answer all my messages but there is a fair exchange of value and it's you know it's, it's nice uh, and it means going forward actually he's empowered now where and I got this kind of from the four hour work week from Tim Ferriss Whereas empower your team to make the decisions on your behalf so now they know you know to and get quotes then come to me then look you know jazz can you authorize this or jazz we've done this we know you'd be fine with it uh, and so now that I have that system, It's really good. And the pipeline, I mean, okay, COVID's been here, so we've been a bit relaxed. We've got a new strategy, which we can talk about as well, that we're using. Um, But the sourcing agents, you know, they come in when they come in with deals. We look at them. If the deal is good on paper, I then send my builder down. So, again, not using my own time, with my letting agent. He'll then vet it for me further. And if that meets that criteria, I will go down and say, okay, let's pull the trigger. But I'm not in the position now where I have to go and, uh, you know, do lots and lots of viewings, which I know a lot of people do at the start of their um, property journey.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of leverage. You're leveraging Absolutely. everyone you possibly can to free up your most valuable commodity time. OK, so you mentioned sourcing agents, and that's something that mm. not a lot of investors really appreciate when they get started. They, they're they thinking, well, they need to learn how to source their own deals. You believe that that is a really important skill you need to have as an investor. But if mm-hmm. your investment area, as you say, is four hours away from where you are that's not going to be possible when you're in the job that you're in so let's talk about sourcing agents people are always looking for shortcuts right
1: right
0: do you ensure that you get the best sourcing agents
1: very good question so I mean I work with two or three at the moment Uh, a few more coming in now for my new strategy but they've
2: always come vetted that's the first thing so it's always a personal introduction
1: from somebody in the property and sort of industry uh, and community. So that's the first thing. I always... Then I will jump on a call with them so they understand my strategy, what I'm looking to do. And again, this is from my coaching perspective. I always ask them the top line question, what are your values? And I really just want to get into a sense of who they are, what to represent, what's important to them. And so, look, I'm looking to build long term relationships where, you know, I'm going to be taking a lot of deals with you. Plus, I know other investors and the deals that I don't take, I can pass on. So I want to know that this stuff that's coming through is quality. So that's the first thing. Um, if that's OK, I'll normally meet with them and get them to show me some of their properties and uh, sort of previous things. I'll speak to some of the other guys that they've done work for as well. Uh, and then finally, you know, I get my letting agent involved again. I say, look, have a look at the stock that's being sourced. Is this okay? Is this good quality? Are we going to have big problems here? But absolutely, you really need to know your person because yes, it does save you money, but it's only going to save you money and time if the quality of the stock is good.
0: Yeah. So that deal analysis, the mm. knowledge, the deal analysis is as important even if you're using a sourcing agent um because there's lots of people who find me on on social media and say oh property investor Mm. i'll send her some deals and see if she'll buy them and i think (laughs) people will buy those properties even though to me they're not deals so the there's no real shortcut or if you find one let me know about it right have you found a shortcut yet dr jess
1: no and that's a really good point you mentioned there and about you need to be using the same language. So I know a lot of people in the property world will use this kind of like yield and some people talk about ROI, some people talk about return on cash or capital. So you really need to talk the same language. And normally what I do is when they send me a deal, I put it through my own sort of um, you know uh, customized Excel thing and say, just so I'm clear, this is what you're saying, this is what I call the numbers, are we yeah. on the same page? And as long as yeah. if it's not hitting those key parameters, then yeah, I'm not interested. Uh, and it really, you really have to take the emotion out of investing. You know? um, again, if you're trying to get your first property, you'll just take anything. Um, but once you do a few, you, you're just like, no, okay, the ROI is not 30%. I'm not interested. And then the deal will come. Uh, and so you're not really then trying to do every deal. I think people get that in, initially in the early stages because they want to just get one done. Um, so it's really important just take the emotion uh, out of investing.
0: Okay, so you started with buy-to-lets. Have you done, done mm-hmm. any other strategies? You've already mentioned you're looking at another strategy. What, what other strategies have you, have you got uh, under your belt?
1: So recently, we have now moved into social housing. So like I said, the current stock I have is quite far away. This, lo- this strategy is more local uh, to where I am. And we got an introduction through my wife's BNI to a chap who's actually got a, um, he's got a social housing group company and he works with the councils. So this strategy is where we essentially are buying or sort of finding buy tech properties, which have the potential to be small HMOs, kind of like your four or five bedders, uh, and essentially using a rent-to-rent strategy with the landlord uh, who's having difficulty paying them the rent. We're then putting a leasing house contract on that for five years, and then essentially what I'm doing or what we're doing as investors is making the difference. Because we've got the back end sorted with the contract with the council, the landlord has obviously paid his bit, we've now got an asset which is cash flowing without actually purchasing the property. That's working quite well. And the, also we're doing that with existing uh, HMOs. So landlords are having problems with um, you know, void rates because the beautiful thing about social housing is it's exempt from Article 4. You don't need planning permission. There's a lot of perks there. And because we have a good content, and again, it comes back to your point about leverage. It's about knowing the right people uh, you know, who can then offer you the, sort of these, these deals for century. So That's what we're doing at the moment.
0: Brilliant. So it's rent to social housing. <coughs>
1: Yep, that's pretty much it.
0: I <laughs> love it. I mean, rent to rent is much uh, is a real buzzword in the industry, right? <laughs> people thinking, really is. I don't any money whatsoever to buy property. In fact, I don't even need to own the property. I can mm. just give a guaranteed rent to a landlord and, hey, Presto, here we go. Um, what word of advice would you give to people who think they can just fire on in to rent to rent as a first port of call because they don't need any money for that?
1: Yeah. I always get dubious about this kind of no money down and people people talk about it all the time. And again, look, it is an advanced strategy. I don't think I've been comfortable going there from on the off unless somebody is really holding my hand and showing me the steps because, you know, I'm in the property industry. And it's really, I find it really interesting now that even though I still feel I'm quite, um, you know, new to the property investing, when I speak to the average person, doctors at work, you know, and we start talking about loan to value and just other kind of phraseology and terminology, they're like, what? What are you talking about? So when I come into the kind of professional property and I start using the lingo again, people, you're already, you know, quite sort of uh, in an authority position. So I'd say, look, you need to understand the strategy, but B, it's all about personal relationship here with the vendor, you know, the landlord themselves. You really have to understand the pain points and the, what you're offering essentially. And if you can speak to that pain point succinctly, articulately, look, I'm saving you headache. Or, you know, you're at the point where you want to retire and you want fixed income. You don't want the headache of uh, managing tenants. There are very specific pain points. And then, you know, this is my strategy and this is what's going to deliver for you. And look, we're working with this person, this person. We're backed uh, and we have experience. I think that's the thing. If you're going to somebody for this strategy, you need to show that you've got experience and you're working with sort of uh, trusted people.
0: Yeah, because this really is a people business and people is
1: Mm.
0: all about, Dr. Jazz. You heal people. you make sure that they are healthy and one of your biggest questions is not just about the healthy body but actually the healthy mm. mind talk to us a little bit about your real passion for people that's not necessarily body related
1: absolutely um so like mindset again is another buzzword all right and mindfulness is now becoming another buzzword and i think what's interesting is as a doctor you know yeah like I said we heal people but our kind of approach is in the sort of Western philosophy is very much if you look at the NHS, it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, if you come in with, you know, an inflamed appendix, appendicitis, it's an emergency or having a heart attack, we will fix that very quickly. But the other chronic diseases, so long term conditions, you know, things like depression, mental health, very sort of deeply ingrained things, it's very hard to fix that with instant gratification. So that's, you know, like a tablet or, you know, just very quick intervention. So I realized quickly that actually to be an effective doctor, then you need to have this holistic approach. So that took me into sort of my own personal journey of deep introspection to understand who am I and what are my beliefs and how do I, how do I deal with my own mindset? And what I found is, and this is, this is kind of my profound belief now, that it isn't that some people have mental health illness. I think we're all on the spectrum. I think from the day we're born, we all live on that spectrum. And there are certain spikes in chaos in all of our lives where that will manifest in physical symptoms that could be, you know, diarrhea, anxiety, palpitations, panic attacks, and it will lead to, you know, breakdowns and that kind of thing. So in the same way as doctors, you'll often hear us say, you know, put, do you exercise? You know, I've just done my PT right an hour before this podcast, um, and that's to keep our bodies healthy so we don't get the chronic disease, the high blood pressure, the strokes, the heart attacks. What are you doing for the brain? Where is the bicep curl for the brain? Why are we trying to fix? when The crisis has already happened rather than we know the best cure is no cure at all, or the best medicine is no medicine at all. So, be doing that prophylactic work, be doing something every day. And we're not talking about hours and hours of things, you know. Simply, for example, you know, I wake up in the morning uh, and I, I realize I'm awake and my eyes are still closed. The question I ask myself is, you know, what three things am I grateful for? Just getting into a place of gratitude grounds me for the day. It's very, very simple. Doing it once later during the day as well, or sort of sitting into a bit of deep introspection, really just observing my thoughts. They're very simple things, but they're not taught by anybody. And so my passion really is to empower people to live beautiful, authentic, meaningful, intentional lives where they live in alignment with their own values, having uncovered them and really knowing and answer being able to answer the question: who am I and where am I going? Yeah. That's it
0: love that most people don't allow themselves the time mm. to work on their brain their mindset because they're so consumed by the need to get money and so it's <laughs> a cycle, right this vicious cycle of working 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 to get the money mm. in order to be safe secure happy whatever it is content and what property can give is that safety security with that revenue coming in that is only actually once that's there that people go oh now I can start working on my brain when in actual fact it's a journey that goes alongside each other or we'll get yourself your property uh, knowledge education while you're doing your investing actually be working on on your mindset so what kind of work do you do with people to help them with their um, mental health and their personal development and looking at themselves
1: brilliant so what i offer is a bespoke coaching program uh, it's not myself i work with a group of facilitators all sort of experienced in their niches you've got people coming from corporate people come from business um, doctors and things like that and what we do is we offer a an eight-week program and essentially it's taking you from the start which is identifying who am i you know and i always ask people when they're interested about this work and i say to them, can imagine if you know i could say to you caroline as well we can do it right now live on the podcast imagine you had to describe yourself to somebody who doesn't know caroline right and you can't use any of your physical characteristics you can't use your religion you can't use anything like that you have to describe who am i and you have to speak to that question now some people are very well versed and they'll say well this is what i represent these are my beliefs for a lot of people though it's such a hard question yeah. i say to them but look it's so simple i'm just asking you who are you and can you really really articulate who you are yeah and the the analogy i give to people is look the power of this work in uncovering who you are, and that, that's a key word, uncovering. My role as a facilitator to help you through this journey is not to give you anything, you know, that's very important part of coaching, it's not giving. It's uncovering what's already there, but giving you clarity of thought, being the clear, reflective mirror to give you clarity on who you are. Because once you have that and you can live in alignment with your values, then you have the sovereignty, and this is a powerful word, sovereignty to live a, Or sovereignty of your beliefs, your thoughts, your emotions, your behavior, right? And that's powerful. And if I give you the analogy, and I've told you this one before, Carolyn, I know you loved it last time. It's if life were a game. If life were a game, then the winning of the game is your vision, right? And how you play the game is your mission. The rules by which you play the game are your values, and why you play the game is your is your purpose. And that's it. It's a coaching program to uncover these sort of foundational things, I'd say, um, but very, um, very groundbreaking in the sense, I can't believe a lot of more people aren't doing this, and they kind of just wander through life in the dark, stumbling and fumbling around, whereas this gives you clarity, and it gives you conscious awareness of who am I, and where am I going? And to be doing it in a way where you've got this framework, you know, this, this uh, scaffolding, which serves you to navigate the storm and the chaos, which i you going to come. That's the thing. It's not that. I tell people, you don't wish for a life where you won't have any problems or chaos. That's impossible. Yeah. But wish for a life where you have the skills, you have the skill sets, and you have the framework that navigates you and guides you through the storm. That's the power of uh, this work, this coaching work.
0: It's incredible because I, I think that I would be reluctant to even look at myself because it would be so difficult that question, who are you? But you're not allowed to, you know, mm. talk about yourself on where you are from or any physical. Mm. You know, you're taking such a good look at yourself under a microscope that some people don't want to see what that's, what's under there.
1: And that's absolutely, the that's the thing. And I say to people, whoever does this work with me and with us, I say, this is the path of a warrior. This, this takes tremendous. Courage, this level of introspection to be completely nude and look at all. And we, we do this part of our coaching is we essentially do a life audit. You know, we take your earliest memory and your most recent memory, and we dissect and we really look at you know what are the experiences in your life which are you'd rates minus one hundred, your darkest moments, right? And then we look at the you know the, the positive ones, the plus hundreds, We look at everything in between, and we're really looking to see and dissect, and like you said, microscope analyze who are you, but doing it from a way where. There are programs which exist which are similar, but what they they don't do is they're they not, what we're combining is high-level coaching with psychology. So there's a science base which is coming into it. And that's the difference. It's coming from a place of um, knowledge. That's the difference.
0: Yeah. And I would imagine once you have established your core values, your mission, all of that Mm. will help you in every element of life, be it relationships, be it your business, be it investing, be your five-year goal, your 10-year goal, Um, being a parent all of that will be I'm not going to say easier more manageable because like you say you have the skills to navigate the chaos in life it is it life um is constantly throwing things at you that you were not expecting or anticipating and having those skills um, Mm,
1: and developing mental agility that's what I call it you know not being fixed and rigid and having that kind of growth mindset where it allows you to just sit into it and be like okay When shit happens, right? You know, the question I ask myself is, and we often talk about the circles of um, control, influence. Um, It's, you know, what is the best use of my time and energy right now? What can I do in the situation and not focus on the things which are out of your control? Sounds really simple, but to actually practice that and actually be able to do it real time, you know, uh, takes skill. And actually, talking from my own kind of, you know, journey, because I did this introspective work before I started offering it out to people once coaching. What I find coming out the other side, this is probably a, a true for a lot of sort of entrepreneurs. It's when you first get into entrepreneurship and property was at the start of kind of my entrepreneur um, kind of journey was you get shiny penny syndrome, right? Yeah. And a lot of young people I coach, it's all about Forex uh, and it's about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and they want every passive revenue income stream and then ask them, well, what do you want to do once you've got all the income and the wealth? Yeah, I want to sit on the beach and drink pina coladas 365 days a year. I'm not, like, you're going to blow your brains out. It's not mentally sustainable. You know, stagnation is is the opposite of happiness. It's progress equals happiness. You have to be constantly getting micro wins. The journey, the goal, when you reach there, you know, how good do you feel? You feel good for a little while, but then you want something more. So that's the thing. You need to be progressing. And when I did the deeper introspective work, what it gave to me uh, is when I came out of it, I realized. So I had a uh, facial aesthetics business doing Botox and fillers. I sold it. I said this does not align with my values. You know, and there was always this what psychologists call cognitive dissonance is kind of feeling uneasy and feeling off. We all have this, and sometimes we don't know what it is that's causing it. But when you have an understanding, a conscious awareness of your values, you can understand, well, this isn't leaning and sitting into my values. It doesn't align. And what that's meant for me now is there are so many people bring opportunities to me, JV things. Like I had a guy who said, um, oh, jazz. uh, you know when people go on a night, night out and they get smashed, you know, they're dehydrated, right? They have a hangover. So what we could do is we could put little cannulas in needles and give them IV fluids, it's a big business in London uh, and Dubai and things. And it's a really good earning. And I said, but it doesn't align with my values. It's so easy for me to say no to things now because I have the clarity and there's no FOMO. There's no fear of missing out. And that was the difference. Knowing who you are gives you clarity to align with things that align with you. And now I'm in a space where you know I do the coaching, I practice my medicine, I'm building my property uh, income. I have a medical teaching business. These things align with who I am. And those are the only things I actually want to put my time and energy into.
0: The clarity of your plan mm. is so intoxicating, and I think when people get into property, they do have mm. that shiny penny syndrome where they're like, "Buy to let," they're not that sexy. I want to do the big development.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I want to do. I want to do the social housing because that's a good thing. But it's mm. all about the bigger, 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 and I think that's incredible that you've got that power clarity to say no to things and if more people had that they would probably have less frustration because they will go start going down paths that they realize uh, this is not working out for me what for whatever reason mm-hmm. right and then retract retract so you're going to save time
1: you're going to save time and it's it's the you stop comparing you know that's what it is i think especially within the property industry you look at other people oh, he's got this and you know look at the sexy deals he's doing and they look at the gdv 1.5 million and they're like oh my god i've got a little bite to let But then, you know, I get people to look at, well, I'm a big proponent of frugality as well. Uh, Being frugal is very, very important to me. And it's, to be clear with people listening, frugality is not the same as being cheap. Frugality is looking at what is it that you value? I mentioned that because a lot of people, they just, yeah. just think I'm cheap basically, but frugality <laughs> is spending, and Gary V talks about this, it's about spending money and time on the things that are meaningful to you and not doing it because you're trying to conform with other people's expectations, you know, so outward signs of wealth is the most common, so look, I have a comfortable lifestyle, but for me, it's important to make memories and experiences, that's traveling, I can't do that at the moment, but That's important to me. But actually wearing like a few years ago, five years ago, I used to love Ralph Lauren. You know, I used to buy so much Ralph Lauren. Became a doctor. All my income was just buying branded stuff. And now it's like, yeah, that's just not important to me anymore. So really getting clear on what brings you that kind of happiness and fulfillment and contentment. um, And then create the revenue streams that do that. You know, if you want to be Floyd Money Mayweather, then okay, you need a lot of property, right? If you want to have a jet and you want to be Grant Cardone, then okay, fine. That's not me. I know, and getting really clear, like, as you teach about you know what's that monthly financial figure that you need to hit yeah. that covers all your bases and then what's the second figure which is to have the lifestyle that you want and then looking at you know like warren buffett i think there's something about his uh, his favorite pastime is playing bridge which is you know for a guy who's the third richest man in the world it's not a very expensive hobby but it doesn't have to be expensive for you to find enjoyment in it uh and covid if covid taught us anything it's the simple things yeah. So during lockdown, you know, I was playing Cluedo with my family. We were playing cards, going for walks, having little mini spa sessions at home. This stuff doesn't cost a lot of money, but it brings you tremendous happiness. Ultimately, that's you know, that's the the north star of success. It has to be towards sustainable happiness.
0: Yeah, I love this. I love this, and I don't think people think enough about the importance of that pursuit of happiness. Or what that means to them. And I think following, like you say, a real microscopic look at yourself and what you're you stand for will really, really help people. Well, we need to talk more about this, Dr. Jazz. We need to get you into our community. Maybe we'll do a Facebook live on this, because I think Absolutely. this mindset element, I talk about, you know, people yeah. are being clear on their why, why they're investing in property, what they want out of it, but I, yeah. I don't go deep into it people struggle with even just understanding what their purpose is in life. It's because they're so Absolutely. caught up in this hamster wheel of just living, surviving, providing, and 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 trying to enjoy for that two-week holiday every summer, whatever. But I think if we can really start deep, deep diving into this, I think our, our community will really, really benefit from this. So you've got a podcast yourself. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Where can people hear more about this?
1: So the podcast is... Uh with myself, and it's one of my very, very good friends. He's also my videographer, creates my content. Uh, his name's Indy, and it's called the Indy and Doctor podcast. And if you say it really fast, it sounds like Indian Doctor. Wow. So it's a play on words. So it's we- kind of, and he, he came up with that. It's really cool. Uh, we're on all obviously major platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Google indie and then and and then Doctor just Dr. That podcast is really we just kind of talk about anything and you know, everything. Um, we're really trying to keep it authentic. You know, authenticity. People ask me often, Jazz. You know, are you a mindset coach? Are you a life coach? Are you this type of coach? And honestly, where I sit now is I say to people, I'm an authenticity coach. That's kind of when I started coaching. It was very big picture life coaching. I was just trying to. And my my mentor to me would always say, Jazz, who are you trying to serve? And this is really important. I said, Well, I'm trying to serve everybody. He said, Well if you're trying to serve everybody, you're serving nobody. And, you know, he told me this, this theory about blue ocean and red ocean. Uh, and it was all about essentially finding your niche and who can you help? And so I looked at what I had difficulty with, you know, somebody, people, a lot of people look at me as, you know, a businessman, as doctor and think, oh, he must be successful. He must have clarity. Well, no, it, it's been a journey of deep introspection. It's been a journey, of a lot of chaos. It's been a journey of really, really having the question, is this what I want? uh and always this it and that's that's the journey and so this is what i want to give people almost like i always say you know when the queen you know gives you the sword and knights you it's almost as if i want to give people that permission to say look just be you it's so easy to say but to actually give them a framework that allows them to be themselves rather than just you know quotes this isn't about hype this isn't about motivational videos this is about really doing the work in a structured way which serves them you know serves them going forward um so, yeah, that's the podcast. Check it out. It's Everything and Everything. You're going to be on there very soon in April as yeah. well. So I'm we're going to get be, excited.
0: Don't ask me who I am, though, because I'm not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it's been brilliant speaking to you. I know that you're part of our Facebook community page as well, so if anyone's mm. looking for you, they can find you in there. But it's been Absolutely. fascinating diving into the the, the the mindset element behind being successful in property, because it's not just about the, the fast cars mm. and, the, and the big mm. flashy houses that you live in and everything else it's really about where you are as a person where you stand and how it aligns with your values so thank you very much for your time today i look forward to speaking to you again at some point in the future
1: lovely take care